a large part of our population is disconnected from the political process. That's what the data shows. You have elections where you don't even get 10% turnout statewide on a primary. And so you have 5% of voters really deciding the fate for everybody. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. This week, New York City voters can participate in the second round of primary elections. Typically, there's only one primary that happens in late June, but this year is different. In April, a New York appeals court ruled that the new congressional district lines were drawn with partisan intent. The decision prompted a redrawing of the maps that pushed primaries for Congress and state Senate to August. Voter turnout in New York City primary elections is normally very low, and the June 28th election was no exception. But now, with added confusion, experts worry that turnout for the second primary will be even worse. Today, I speak with Ali Najmi about why it's so important to get to the polls this week. Najmi is a leading election law attorney in New York. Najmi has represented candidates for citywide, state, and local office before the New York City Board of Elections. My name is Ali Najmi. I'm an election attorney here in New York. I represent candidates and campaigns with ballot access and compliance with the election law. Can you explain what offices New Yorkers are voting on this year? Well, we just finished our uh, state assembly primaries in, on June 28th, where people also voted for lower level party positions like state committee and district leader. And now we have a primary coming up on August 23rd, Congress and state Senate. And then we'll have a general election on November 8th. And why are there two primaries? Can you explain a little bit more about that? Sure. We had a very interesting turn of events in New York related to redistricting. What happened is that the Senate and congressional lines were found to be unconstitutional under a New York State constitutional standard. The New York State Constitution required uh, lines, district lines to be created through a bipartisan committee, and that committee failed to act, and the legislature went and drew their own lines. And the courts found that the congressional lines were drawn with partisan intent, which is was not allowed under the New York State Constitution, and that the Senate lines were procedurally flawed under the Constitution of the state of New York. And so they required new lines to be drawn. And because new lines had to be drawn, we need to give time for people to process those lines and to figure out what district they're going to run for. The primary date for those elections was pushed to August 23rd. And just to get a little bit more specific, why are these lines important? How easy is it for them to favor one party over the other? So historically, the legislature has drawn the lines for Congress and Senate and Assembly. And the dominant party in each house was left through a political deal to manage their own lines. The Assembly has always been run by Democrats, and they drew lines in favor of Democrats. The state Senate used to be very Republican-dominated for many decades. They drew lines that were favorable to Republicans. The Democrats have taken over the legislature in the Senate, and they were drawing lines favorable to Democrats. There would always be a dispute on congressional lines between the two parties, and a lot of litigation has happened over the years. This year, it was found that when 
the legislature drew the congressional lines, they drew them with partisan intent, and so they had to redraw them. The lines matter because it says who's going to be in a district. Oftentimes, these lines are drawn around incumbents, and political favors are done for elected officials that will draw you here and will put your favorite voters here. And that leads to all sorts of weird shapes and deals between other incumbent lawmakers. Would you mind explaining some of the differences between the new lines drawn now and what we had before? After the lawsuit prevailed and the courts decided that these lines were not good, they appointed a special master, which is an outside expert hired by the court system to draw these lines. And so a district like New York 11 which is a congressional district that has Staten Island and Brooklyn in it, is is a really big example of what changed between what the legislature drew and what the courts and the special master drew. Conceivably, when the legislature drew it, it became a district that became much more favorable to Democrats. It's been a Republican seat. It's represented by Nicole Malitakis right now. It's the only Republican Congress member in New York City. And after the legislature drew it, they made it so that it could be more viable for Democrats. They took it all the way into Park Slope and Red Hook on the Brooklyn side. It had less of South Brooklyn. When the special master was done with their lines, it became less Democrat. It was drawn in a way that connected the logically most southern part of Brooklyn to Staten Island to get the number up that they need for each congressional district. And that makes it a more competitive seat, you know. I guess one of the most interesting things that happened was that not a lot of people voted. Do you think the same thing will happen in August? Like, why don't people tend to vote in these primary elections? I think that it's going to be even worse. People are not used to having a primary in August. A lot of people are going to be away. It's not going to be a high turnout. June was not a high turnout either. New York historically has low turnout in primaries across the board, even in non-redistricting years. And a large part of our population is disconnected from the political process. That's what the data shows. You have elections where you don't even get 10% turnout statewide on a primary. And so you have 5% of voters really deciding the fate for everybody. And you really only see higher turnout in a presidential general election, sometimes in a presidential primary. Other than that, New Yorkers seem not to be too concerned about local politics. In many of these areas in New York, you can you can win a state house seat if you can move 3,000 people, especially in the outer boroughs. And it's it turns out to be a very hard thing for people to do, to move three, four, 5,000 people. And they spend a lot of money trying to do it. And that's the reality here in New York City right now. Why is it important to vote in a primary? In New York City, uh, the dominant party is the Democratic Party nearly in every seat, except for a handful. So whoever wins the Democratic Party a primary is going to be the winner of that seat. So people can have a disproportionate influence by participating in the primary because that's really the real election. That's where the battle happens. Are there any races, whether it be for Congress or Senate, any close races that voters should watch out for? Well, definitely we have a lot of hot races in New York City right now. We have New York 10, which is a congressional seat, newly drawn congressional seat. that goes from Manhattan to Brooklyn. It's a seat that Bill de Blasio was running in. He dropped out. There's some great people running in that seat. Carlina Rivera, Yulene New, Dan Goldman. You have New York 12. New York 12 actually is a really good example of something that came out of the redistricting battle, which is that you have two incumbent lawmakers, Carolyn Maloney and Jerry Nadler, who are two titans of Congress, both committee chairs, who were put into the same district because the special master said it doesn't make sense to draw an east side district and a west side district. 
let's just make a big square in Manhattan and make that one district. And that's what they did. But they put Carol Maloney and Nadler together. And so we'll see. We're going to lose one high-ranking member of Congress. There's a third candidate there, Suraj Patel. We may even lose both of these people. So that's a race to watch. And that's an interesting dynamic that came out of redistricting. And uh, there's a pretty competitive state Senate seat in Queens, SD 59, that has Queens and Manhattan. And I think Kristen Gonzalez and Elizabeth Crowley are both competing in that race. Another thing I wanted to talk about was that we had heard that immigrants who have had a green card could be given the right to vote in local elections. Can they vote in this election? Can they vote in the city council election that's supposed to happen next year? Would you just tell us what's going on with that? So non-citizen voting in New York City was meant only for municipal elections and only for non-primary elections because the government cannot tell a political party what their rules can be or who their membership should be. So they can only mandate by law that in a general election or a special election for a municipal election, non-citizen voting would be permissible. However, that law is being challenged. It was struck down by a lower court. I know it's going to make its way up the appellate process. As of this moment, there is no non-citizen voting in New York, and the constitutionality of that law is going to be litigated even further. So we'll see whether they have that opportunity. But it was only going to apply to general or special elections and only for city elections. Federal elections, state elections, you have to have the state legislature or Congress act on those rules. Do you have any tips for voters to make this year's election a little bit less confusing? At this point, what I would say is that the election you got to worry about is August 23rd. You just got to show up and vote. You have 10 days to vote early. You can go to you know the Board of Elections website, find your polling site, and just wake up on August 23rd ready to vote or go vote early. Is there anything else we should know about New York City elections? Something I didn't ask that you think I should know? I would say to anybody listening to this, to this podcast, you could be a candidate. You should think about being a candidate. We need more people involved in politics. We need more interesting people. We need people with a lot of different life experiences. And I'd be happy to help you as a candidate make the ballot. As you just heard, the early voting period has already begun and continues through Sunday, August 21st. You can also vote on Election Day, which is Tuesday, August 23rd. To find out about where you can vote and who's on the ballot, visit voterlookup.elections.ny.gov. We've also included this link in our show notes. For more ways to get involved in your community, visit us at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website linked to in our podcast description.